hey, welcome to another episode of Rich Ad Poor Ad. Today we have Stephen Nations. He is the director of strategy at Drive Social Media. Also does a ton of freelancing on the side. Roughly manages shoot 200k ish a month and actually has a case study from Facebook on the augmented reality side. So Stephen, man, thanks for coming on. We're pumped to have you. But I'd love to kind of have you introduce yourself, kind of let the people know who you are and kind of what you're getting into over there. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me, Dylan. So um, I like Dylan said, I'm the director of strategy at Drive Social Media, which is a data-driven, social-first uh, digital marketing agency in St. Louis, and we have offices in Nashville, Tennessee, and Miami, Florida as well. Um, we kind of run the gamut of what businesses we work with, all the way from tiny mom and pops that have a couple hundred thousand dollars in revenue, all the way up to uh, you know professional NHL teams, Orange Theory Fitness, stuff like that. Um, we, we dabble in a little bit of everything. We do some AR, VR, we do website builds, email marketing, PPC, but our bread and butter is Facebook. I'd say 80% of our ad spend is on Facebook. Um, and really what I, I spend a lot of my time doing is working with these small business owners who um, kind of trying to come out of the dark ages, actually. A lot of these businesses um, maybe have been on TV, radio, billboard, print, uh, maybe a little email here or there, but haven't really done any data-driven digital marketing, social media marketing. So we spend a lot of time kind of getting systems set up, to capture data, and putting together integrated strategies that uh, kind of have a multi-pronged approach where we're trying to pull new people into the funnel as well as push people down through. And then uh, the, the really cool thing that I like that we do is um, we're able to kind of connect the dots between what happens on Facebook and what happens on the real world. So if you're interacting with ads online and you walk into a brick and mortar store and make a purchase, whether that's a dentist, a retailer, um, a gym, um, a, a restaurant, what have you, you see an ad on Facebook and then go and purchase from that business offline afterwards, we can connect the dots and tell you exactly how much the people are spending from your ads. Oh, yeah. And I mean, shoot, coming, I'm a media buyer myself, so I totally understand the importance of being able to track, you know, money coming in and money coming out. So, I mean, the fact we're going to have a local business on here kind of excites me, and especially when it comes down to how well they've done. So, I mean, as mentioned, we're going to be having the Diamond family kind of, you know, on the showcase today. You know, roughly spending two to three k a month. I want to say you mentioned they started off maybe spending three hundred bucks a month. You kind of yep. scaled them up, but I mean, based off that, you've generated well over one hundred twenty thousand in sales on the jewelry side on a local level from these offline conversions. So, I mean, I think this is going to really add some value to a lot of people and saying, hey, you know, if you can track this, there are so many clients out there to kind of really knock out of the park. And hey, you are the offline conversion king. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'll take it. Uh, so, you know, not self-bestowed, at least. Uh, yeah, you know, that's, that's a cool thing. A lot of these small business owners, you know, they might have dabbled in Facebook, tried to run some of their own ads, you know, maybe optimizing it for things like likes and comments and shares, like a lot of people think they need to. And obviously, we know that stuff doesn't drive results. So, you know, they, they go in, they don't have a great strategy. They don't really know how to do targeting or optimizations. And within a month or two, they've wasted a couple hundred bucks and they say Facebook didn't work. When really, it's just a matter of having the right strategy. You, you don't need a thousands of dollars a month to do well on Facebook. If you start with a minimum budget, you can scale it to where you need to over time without really being too risky. Oh, spot on. And I mean, the other part about it is creative is kind of king in these scenarios. So I think I would love to kind of dive into how y'all kind of came up with this creative just because going from the poor ad to the rich ad was quite a 180. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, it's super cool. We got three videos on the kind of rich ad side. We'll kind of post in the show notes. Y'all check them out. They are <laughs> they are hilarious. 
Um, but then on the kind of other side, on the poor side, you know, it's very, you know, kind of more broad, you know, competitors are kind of similar in those areas. But before we dive in too much, would you, what are you, what are you kind of feeling over there, Steven, the poor ad first or the rich ad? Let's dive into the poor ad first. I'd rather beat myself up at the beginning. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> On the results side, how did these do? Um, terrible. Uh, you know, give you a little background on the business. The Diamond family is, uh, they've, they've been in business since uh, 1978. Uh, they're in St. Louis, Missouri. They're very well known. Um, and they've traditionally kind of had the typical jeweler feel. They, uh, they're very high end. You know, they're not Zales or anything like that. Um, they get the best of the best. And everything they do is in that kind of luxury style branding, a lot of dark blues and blacks and golds and whites and things like that. And uh, traditionally, it's really focused in on what you would expect to see from a jeweler, things like, um, you know, putting a lot of emotion into it, playing on the heartstrings, big dramatic statements about talking about the rest of your life and how unique she is and all those types of things. Um, and, you know, the Diamond Family had been a successful business for, like I said, 35 years or so before they got involved with us. And so, you know, our initial reaction was, hey, these guys have, like I said, done a lot of traditional stuff and we don't need to reinvent the wheel here. We need to take what they've always built on and just show it to a new group of people, do it on Facebook and be able to track it. So um, we kind of went right ahead with what had been successful for the last 35 years. Um, going into, you know, building a campaign for a jeweler seems very, very straightforward. We were targeting things like... Um, you know, in a relationship over a long period of time, uh, recently engaged because there's a lot of people that might get engaged before they buy the ring. So they're still in the market. Uh, so, you know, just very traditional, straightforward stuff that we did to start with. Oh, yeah. And just so you all have some kind of insights and we'll have these in the show notes as well, but I'll kind of read off some copy for these. So it's not just jewelry. It's a piece of your life. Make sure it's in the best hands. Bring it to the family with 150 plus years of combined repair and service excellent. So as y'all can see, these are kind of fairly, you know, very. it's, it's obvious what they do, but it's not very, you know, captivating, emotional. Um, on the emotional side, we do have a, you know, a Valentine's Day, which is, you know, hey, the jewelry, 99 bucks, flowers free, chocolates free, dinner package free. Give her the Valentine's present, she'll cherish forever. Click now uh, to visit our store. <laughs> yeah, click now, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you can tell it's with the, you know, there's no reason to reinvent the wheel, but how long did it kind of take y'all to figure out that, hey, these just aren't clicking at all? So, we generally run um, our creative for three months at a time, about 90 days. Um, it's not an exact science, you know, it could be the, the sweet spot might be 87 days, the sweet spot might be 94 days, but. <laughs> Generally, we sit in that uh, that three month month range. We want to get it time to get out of the learning phase, and then give us enough runway to actually um, draw some insights off of it. So, for a business like the Diamond Family, we'll probably run five campaigns that have a split test in each one of them, where we're split testing two different types of creative or two different values. Um, and so, we ran these for three months, and we spent uh, around, I believe, like four k on them, and got. Zero sales, uh, not a single conversion and a single dime off of them. Now, the good news is, you know, that those weren't the only ads we were running at that time. So it wasn't a complete loss. But that being said, if we're running 10 ads and eight of them get absolutely zero results, the campaign's a complete failure. So, you know, that's a definitely a negative ROI campaign. And for small businesses like this in St. Louis, you can't really afford to do that over more than a couple months period of time before it really starts hurting you. 
Oh, definitely. And when it comes to those kind of budgets, I mean, you really have to give the algorithm a little bit of room to kind of get out of that learning phase just because, I mean, you're not spending, you know, a thousand bucks a day where you can get that within, you know, three or four days. You have to really kind of pace it out to where that makes complete sense on the kind of timing range there. But shoot, that'll freak some clients out there, I would imagine, especially if it was kind of, was it more in the beginning of the kind of relationship or kind of mid or how, how early was it when you started working with them? Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. When when they first came on, you know, they were, they've been with us for, um, you know, the past three and a half years or so. But we used to have a different package um, where it really wasn't uh, anything too high level. It was for businesses who wanted to kind of dip their toe in without diving in head first. And it was a lot of uh, engagement based stuff. And you know, follow our page ads and reach optimizations and things like that. And so when you're when you're running those ads and you're not connecting the dots with the offline conversion on the back end, you are going to get a lot of clicks on those things. You'll get a lot of likes and comments and shares. So the Diamond family was with us for, I, I want to say, almost, uh, you know, six months to a year before we started running offline conversions. So mm -hmm. they were happy with seeing the clicks and the and the likes because it looks like we're doing great work. So when we pivoted from doing engagement-based to doing return-based marketing, and we saw what was really behind the curtain on the other side, it was like, holy shit, we might not have been driving many sales for a long time now. Um, so yeah, that was you know a, a year into the relationship when we switched, and then maybe six months that we had run similar type of creative where we said, okay, we've got to do something different here. That makes total sense. And the thing that kind of blows my mind the most out of these scenarios is the, the concept of family owned. I, yes. you know, I don't do too many local ads, but I always feel like that's got to add a little extra flavor to, you know, hey, support local business. But that, that had shit, no impact, huh? Yeah, absolutely. And it's gotten to the point, you know, where I don't, I, I refuse to put things on our ads anymore <laughs> that say like, been in business since family family owned locally owned and operated because like while that stuff sounds nice um and you know like right now it's a little different situation where people might have a little bit more affinity for local businesses so i'm not going to sit here and say across the board at all times that doesn't matter but by and large you know i, I always say if my customers want to say hey i i'd like to say that i've been in business since you know 1950 then i always respond like tell me the last place that you ate dinner uh, and they'll tell me, why did you choose to eat there? Because it was a good price point, because it was right by my house, because it's delicious. Nobody's ever said like, hey, I, I, where do you want to eat tonight, honey? Uh, let's go to this restaurant because they've been in business since 1950. Or when's the last time you were trying to decide between two roofers you wanted to buy from and said, well, you know, this one's $10,000 more expensive, but they're family owned. So I'm going to give my money to them. <laughs> so, you know, we realized really quick that that stuff's not a driver of revenue at all. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And I mean, especially when you have a lot of big brands out there, the competition is heavy. Um, competitors are, you know, bidding a little bit higher these days. So, I mean, it's kind of one of those concepts where you really have to connect with your consumers. So that was kind of a really cool takeaway. I saw you kind of mentioned where it's like, hey, there's just not much connection to the business by any means with these kind of creatives. Yeah, you're not building any relationship with it at all. It's just the the same stuff everybody else says. And at the end of the day, if you're offering the exact same um connection or branding or loyalty then the only thing that you have to compete on is price and with a, a business like the diamond family they don't compete on price oh yeah no yeah it's, it's definitely I, i'm just kind of pumped to talk about these rich ads because y'all are going to geek out over these i know we had a little recap so i mean spent a couple thousand bucks no sales by any means there um kind of you know trying to not reinvent the wheel just yet but hey just didn't kind of click there 
But on these rich ads, you know, as mentioned, 28x ROAS, over 120,000 in sales. Let's get into the nitty gritty because you seem to kind of pivot pretty hardcore. But I'd love to kind of have you dive more into the actual strategy side of it. We'll have the videos in the show notes. Y'all totally got to check them out. They're a minute long each. And hey, you're going you're gonna to laugh your butt off for sure. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. We're, we're pretty proud of them. Yeah, so when it comes to kind of how y'all pivoted, I know a big thing was that kind of that money back satisfaction, which I feel like may not be something too common to be promoted these days. Outside of the kind of money back side, what other areas were you kind of focusing on for these kind of rich ads? Yeah, so, you know, a lot of it had to do with the targeting. Um, instead of just kind of shooting a broad, um, a broad spectrum of people that might be engaged, once we started collecting customer data, um, and we do that through a, a litany of different avenues. But when we, once we started collecting customer data, we were really able to drill in and say like, okay, this isn't just people who recently got engaged. This is men that are most commonly between 27 and 34 years old that are most commonly coming from these seven zip codes. So instead of having a broad radius that covers, you know, 15, 20 miles around the business, we're dropping smaller radiuses that are going exactly to those zip codes we're seeing the most purchases from. And then, you know, the Diamond family was driving a lot of people to the website, but they weren't very good at capturing information off the website. So if people, you know, wanted to fill out their first name, last name, email, phone number, so they could schedule a consultation or reach out to the business or something like that, there was just a lot of clicks and a lot of friction and a lot of busyness on the website. So we kind of cleaned up the website, um, made the calls to action a little bit more clear, made them a little bit more eye-catching. And then one thing that we started to do was um, once we were able to get their purchaser data, we ran um, lead generation style campaigns on Facebook. And we basically did a giveaway where we said anyone who spends $6,000 that enters for this promotion will get $1,500 off their purchase. Uh, because it made sense for them to get in there to get people to spend at least $4,500. That was kind of their breaking point where they start to make profits. So we would take um, everybody who went to their website, because we had thousands of people go on the website, but only you know, 50, 60 info captures. We took everyone who was going to the website, and then we, from their Facebook profiles, restricted anyone who has either given their email before or anyone who's purchased before, or anyone who's picked up the phone and called because we're hooked into their VOIP too. So basically, if they have customer information from someone that went to their website, we extracted those people out of it. So all you're left with is the people who showed interest in you by going to your website, but did not identify themselves. Then we ran those campaigns to a bunch of people and said, if you just click this, drop your first name, last name, email, phone number to anyone who went to the website that remains anonymous, that information gets sent to the Diamond family. And the beautiful part about that is with the Facebook pixel, if someone goes to your website but doesn't take an action, doesn't buy it from you, they stay in your funnel for six months. But if you can get them to leave their first name, last name, email, phone number, they stay in your funnel for life because you can always target them with a custom audience or an email or something like that. So then we started identifying you know, 40, 50% of their website audience by running that. And our data just got a lot more granular so we could build out a lot more accurate lookalike audiences as well as kind of those, those man-made audiences that are built by hand to make those more targeted too. And then once we kind of figured out who these people are, what their interests are, what they like, um, we kind of realized it's, it's not really that really high-end crowd that we thought we were advertising to. Um, we're advertising to a lot of people that are you know in their late 20s, early 30s that are kind of middle income. So we started making our creatives speak a lot more directly to those people because those people aren't looking for the 
the golds and the whites and the heartstrings and everything. They want a brand that they can build a relationship and with and connect with. And so we decided we were going to take kind of the humorous, playful route and see if we could build a relationship with the business through that. Um, and that's where the videos came in. Oh, yeah. And just so everybody has some context, I mean, these videos, were, would, how professionally done would you say they were? I mean, they're definitely done professionally, but I feel like it's not, you know, full warehouse quality kind of style of stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah that's a great question, Dylan. Yeah. Um, so we we have our own production studio in-house that kind of runs the gamut from kind of what you're talking about, the, the warehouse style stuff to some of the stuff that might look um, a little bit more, I don't want to use the word amateur, uh, but just a little bit less production quality that people can connect with a little bit more. And so, you know, like one of the videos, while we shot it with professional grade equipment, we made it look like somebody was going live on Facebook um, while someone else proposed to somebody in the park. Now, it didn't quite go the way that you'd expect for a video like that. You'll have to check it out in the episode notes. Uh, but we made it look like user generated content. And then we took the owner of the business and put him in the videos. Uh, and it was him, you know, out in the wild, single shot type stuff. It wasn't a lot of cuts and a lot of editing. So it just felt very real and authentic, which I think allows people to connect with a local brand like that a lot more. And you don't even have to say where a local business has been in business since 1978. Oh, yeah. And just so y'all have some ideas what he was just mentioning on the proposal kind of lifestyle video. It was a, a wife insurance is what you had a label that. <laughs> Where it's like, hey, this money got guarantee. You know, you can never play it too safe there. And I'm like, that's brilliant. But kind of dive more into these. You know, there are three killer rich ads: the diamond deficit disorder, ice to nice, and wife insurance. So that ice to nice, what was it? You kind of compared it to? I, I already forgot what it was, but I feel like it's got to ring some bells in some heads. Yeah, yeah, the crazy hot matrix for anybody yeah. who's ever seen that video. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's absolute gold. It's the kind of perfect wiggle room to say, hey, you know, ice to nice side of things. So, you know, the copy, in case you're kind of curious, is, hey, couples always ask us, what is the right amount to spend on an engagement ring? And if you're wondering also, watch our video. But, hey, warning, a good sense of humor is required. So, I think y'all hit this right on the head. 115,000 views on a local level. That's That's pretty bomb right there. So, I mean, out of those top three videos you kind of listed, What's your kind of favorite on this, actually? Uh, in terms of the creative, uh, I, I think it's got to be the uh, the ice to nice scale. Um, I like the owner, Michael, in that one. He he kills it. He he nails the tone of it perfectly. Where they're they're taking, you know, their face says they're taking it seriously, but it's very very tongue in cheek. And uh, that one, you know, we didn't want to write a script for that one. We wanted them to add a little a little bit more because again, we didn't want it to feel like that super high professional quality. And so. Michael's going through and basically uh, the Cliff Notes version is the more ice you bring home, the nicer she'll be. And he ends with saying, uh, if uh, if you're not willing to go flat broke for her, it begs the question, do you really even love yeah. her? <laughs> <laughs> and then they end it by, you know, when he says that they both kind of crack up and they they drop their pointers and walk off the screen. Oh, you can tell it's that kind of final blooper moment. That's just and I mean, who's going to forget this? I mean, even on a local level, this has such a connection with the consumers, whether it's a hard pitch or not, you're getting in their head, you're connecting with them in some way to where, hey, if they drive by, I remember seeing that video, you know, to where that's going to be a hard one to forget to where, hey, maybe five years from now, they're finally ready. And I imagine Diamond Family is going to be the first one that comes to mind just because of this video, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I, I mean, you nailed it, Dylan. That's something that we talked about a lot was, you know, let's, 
I know that we're seeing a lot of 28, 29, 30 here, but let's let's lower this to maybe like 24 because we can start building that relationship with that younger crowd that in the next three or four years is probably going to be in the market for a ring. Oh, 100%. I mean, I'm 25 over here. Whenever I see, you know, funny marketing or, you know, I may not be ready for it now, but I mean, that stuff stands out to me to where it's like, hey, I'd rather support a business that goes out of their way with, you know, great marketing. So, I mean, with me being a marketing guy, I was eating this up and I'm like, this is a gold mine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, heck yeah. So, I mean, when it comes to those kind of takeaways, it really goes to show, um, you know, creative is kind of king in this scenario to connect with the kind of consumer, understanding who's actually your buyer avatar seemed like a huge area because even you mentioned we were kind of going after the wealthy individuals, was kind of richer zip codes, when in reality, the ones who are actually kind of purchasing are kind of the middle income, they're average people. So, I mean, I feel like understanding your avatar is kind of the first step in really kind of developing this killer content. Yeah, 100%. And that's, you know, I, I go on and on and on all day long about data, data, data. Data is worth more than money sometimes. Um, you, you don't know those. You, you don't know. You can't, uh, you can't make those decisions. And I can't tell you how often we get partners in where, you know, during our onboarding, we ask a million questions just to kind of see where their head's at. And I can't tell you how consistently it just blows these, uh, these business owners' mind. And people have been in business for 5, 10, 15 years that kind of give us what they believe their profile is. And then once we get our hands on their data and we figure out who those people are, it's, it's usually night and day between who they think their customer is and who their actual customer is. Oh, most definitely. I mean, it's always kind of funny because I always have a ton of, you know, clients like, well, hey, my, my audience is only on Instagram. And I'm like, well, hey, let's test Facebook a little bit too. And shoot, 95% of the time, we'll get cheaper conversions on Facebook. And I'm like, what's up, you know? Yeah, yeah, of course, man. And I love it. <laughs> oh, data doesn't lie. Oh, no. Yeah, numbers don't lie at all. And I mean, even as you said, data's money. And I mean, with Facebook being very, you know, data oriented, I mean, you really got to spend money to make money in these scenarios, which is the best way to, you know, have that investor mentality, I guess you can say. Yeah, of course. And I, I think people are finally coming around to it. You know, there's this cloud of um, suspicion, I guess, around data collection in general. Um, and I got a lot of partners that come to me and when they sign on, they're like, hey, man, like, I got to be honest, like, the, um, I, I had somebody recently say, you know, when Lance Armstrong was doing steroids. And so everybody else that was doing cycling started doing steroids. I feel like that's what I'm doing with Facebook. Like, <laughs> I don't like doing this, but I know that I have to do this to be able to compete. But you know, at the end of the day, if you're good at data collection, uh, people aren't, um, they're not annoyed if you if you have good targeting and, and people know what they're doing, you know, like, it doesn't bother me when I see ads for craft beer and punk rock and St. Louis Cardinals baseball, because that's the type of stuff I want to see ads for. So the better your data collection, the the more of a relationship you can actually build with who really does want to buy it from you. Oh, 100%. Well, to kind of give some final kind of conclusions here, I mean, shoot, we saw how the poor ad performed. Well, it didn't perform at all. You know, it didn't result in many yep. sales there. But on that rich side, incorporating some killer video content really speaks to the actual audience generating well over 28x ROAS, over 120,000 in revenue. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. So Steven, man, this was super juicy. I absolutely love this. How can anybody find you? Website, email, Twitter? What's the best way people can kind of you know stay up to date with what you're doing over there? Yeah, for sure. So Drive Social Now is our website. And then um, as far as uh, finding me personally, uh, I can be reached. Obviously, I have my LinkedIn profile. Um, I believe I'm the only one on there with my spelling, S-T-P-H-E-N. 
Um, and then you can email me at Stephen at StephenNations.com. Heck yeah, Stephen. Well, hey, man, much appreciated. You just broke open the doors for local businessman, and I really appreciate that. <laughs> I can't wait, Dylan. I had a blast. I appreciate you having me. Uh, hopefully we do it again sometime soon. Likewise, likewise. Well, hey, everybody, hope you enjoyed this. Leave some you know, comments, some notes below, and hey, have a good one.